of our Ultimate Empowerment series that people would walk out in faith like that. I love that. I love it. Here's, we got our, so I guess the series worked a little bit. That <laughs> the last week people were going, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to hear from God. That, that was very exciting. We just want to just keep remembering that. God gave us the gift of Holy Spirit. There is no power like it. Because God wanted us to know that we know that we know that we are his children. And wanted us to walk in power, not to be, not to be defeated, not to be, you know, poor little wimpy, downtrodden, walked all over Christians that the Satan chews up and spits out. You know, one of the big, big reasons that God gave Holy Spirit is the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is discerning of spirits, because one of the manifestations or evidences of the gift of Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits. You know, throughout the Old Testament, Satan is almost not mentioned at all. You know, the Old Testament is the majority of the Bible. You know, the New Testament is just this little bitty thing at the end here. And so through all of this, Satan is almost not mentioned at all, except for in the book of Job. And so it says that Jesus Christ came to, to shed light and to reveal the works of the devil. Until Jesus came, people were pretty ignorant of Satan and how he worked, and of the devil and how he worked. Until people had Holy Spirit and could come do something about the devil. Because you cannot fl- fight Satan with flesh. You will lose You cannot fight spirit with flesh. The flesh will lose. So that's why, that's one of the big reasons that God gave us Holy Spirit is to stand against Satan because it says in the Bible that Satan is the God of this world, the God of this age. It says that he's the author of death, that he causes the sickness and the evil and the darkness that we see in this world. And so having Holy Spirit helps us to stand against Satan, and specifically the manifestation of discerning of spirits, which I want to read you the definition for that. You should have a handout. I thought it would be good for reference for future because we're going to go over some of the basics of this manifestation. This is actually, there's a lot of scripture on this topic. At um, some point, my plan is actually to do a whole series on the manifestations of Holy Spirit, and spend a lot of time really going over the vastness of Scripture on each topic. And particularly, I think it's really important to understand Satan. Most people just don't want to talk about it. They just kind of act like he's not there. And it doesn't work to pretend he's not there. It doesn't make him go away. It doesn't, you know, it's, you know, closing your eyes. It's like the ostrich that puts his head in, you know, in the sand because you did, you know, not to want to see. And that's what people do when it comes to Satan. It doesn't help you. In fact, it hurts. It's like being in a dark room with a cobra in it. And you don't know. It might make you feel better that you don't know he's there, but it's a whole lot more dangerous to be in the room with the lights off than the lights on. So, and the Bible says specifically that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So that's why I feel like this topic is extremely important that we want to be aware of it. So I'm going to kind of go over the basics today um, on this. But first, let me give you the definition. 
of the manifestation of discerning of spirits, it says, it is your operation of the God-given ability to discern the presence or non-presence of spirits and their identity. It also allows you to discern whether you may cast them out and how to go about it. It requires revelation, which, like, which is word of knowledge and word of wisdom, and faith to operate. So, basically, with Holy Spirit, you have the ability to know whether there's spirits present. Now, the Bible says that when Satan fell, he took one-third of the angels with him that make up the kingdom of demons. Don't know how many there are, but there are probably a lot just by what we see in evidence. And so discerning of spirits helps you to see whether there is a demon present and also what kind of demon it is. There's all kinds of demons in the Bible. They identify them as there are everything from, from lying spirits and charming spirits and murder spirits and all kinds of things. So he, you know, if you're operating discerning of spirits, it takes word of knowledge, word of wisdom of asking God to reveal to you the presence or non-presence. If there's a spirit present or not, you know, God will say no. Or it also helps you to see when people are born again. You can sense the presence of Holy Spirit as well when people are saved and born again of God's spirit. It allows you to discern whether you can cast them out. God will tell you if you should cast them out or not cast them out. It's not like every time there's a spirit present, you should just say, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. So, And we're going to talk about, uh, besides revelation, some of the keys behind that. And faith. You need faith to operate this. So we're going to um, kind of walk through. First, I want to give you some some. One of the big differences between God and the devil, huge one, is God always gives free will and choice. God will never control in any way, shape, or form. Satan controls and imprisons people. It's a big factor in understanding how God works and how Satan works. I think before we begin, I want to take you to, uh, or before, this is beginning. First John uh, 4, chapter 4. Because a lot of people, when you talk about the topic of Satan, get nervous or scared. Have you ever felt that way? It's, you know, it's, um, it's dark. If, and, and it's funny because you see movies about people that are possessed and things like that, and they're scary movies. I don't think that they're nearly as scary as the real thing. <laughs> you know, I really don't. I mean, as scary as you might think that some of those movies are, you get a glimpse of how dark Satan is and how much he controls and how much he wants to destroy. But our comfort is in this verse. It says, in 1 John 4 and verse 4, it says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. Who's in you? Christ. Oh, come on, you can say it louder than that. Who's in you? Christ. Christ. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And greater is he, Jesus Christ, who's in you, than he that's in the world. Who's in the world? Satan. You know, Satan is so powerful. Satan is able to crush people like that. He's got that power against flesh. 
But because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, it says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, to Christ, Satan's a bug that he could squish like that. The power of Jesus Christ is so much greater than Satan. So part of this is we want to remember that. We, we don't want to back down. I've, I've been face-to-face with demons over and over again, and it is, it's definitely like... There's a sense that when you know that that presence is there, I've been in the face of murder spirits. I've been, you know, dark spirits. I've been in the face of people that could kill me face-to-face that were possessed. And it's important to have, to not take this lightly. (laughs) You know, that would be foolish to act like it's no big deal in that sense because there is a danger, but that But the comfort is, I know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I know that they know that. And they can't back me down. Um, It's important to know that. And there's no way that God will not back you and take care of you in the presence of demons. But part of this is it's really important to not do this by yourself to not walk in the flesh, to not walk in the senses, but to ask God for revelation because the manifestations are a part of hearing from God and having God speak to you in this. So it's really important that we keep asking God. I'm going to walk you through um, some things in understanding demons. First, I would like to say, which I think is very important, demons can't possess anyone. It's not like you can just be doing anything and you have no choice and and a demon can just grab you and possess you. Uh, And that doesn't really make a lot of sense, so I'm going to kind of walk you through like how people get demons. The Bible talks about the fact that for a person to get a demon, something has to be be where the person opened their mind to the spirit. Sometimes it's parents with children where the environment of the home or what have you uh, is such that children get spirits. And you see that. You see, you know, kids that picked up spirits someplace. And if you don't know God and can't combat dark spiritual powers, then Satan can just, you know, fool people and and trick them into opening up to spirits. So I want to walk through a little bit. Uh, Actually, let's go to Ephesians 4, because Ephesians 4 is actually a great section that talks about how you can open your mind to spirits. Uh. There's a lot of, and I made a list on your handout, which uh, I'll, I'll take you through, but a lot of the things are listed here in Ephesians 4. It says, in verse 20, it says, oh, actually, we might as well. I'm going to back up a little bit because there's some really good things. Um, In Ephesians 4 and verse 17, it gives you some understanding of how people prepare their mind to invite spirits in, to give them an open door. It's an invitation. You open the door and invite the spirit in is what happens. And so in Ephesians 4 and verse 17, it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So you see, that description right there 
is classic as far as how people open their minds to spirits. This is just one of, there's a lot of examples of it in the Bible. But people that, sep- for one, separating yourselves from God is definitely, you're taking the wall down because your guard is God. <laughs> That's who's guarding things for you. you. You're not, you can't, again, flesh can't overcome spirit. So people separating themselves from God is one openness. And then it also says hardening your heart. You know, people harden their heart by doing repeated things that are not good for them and are against the will of God over and over and over where you don't feel bad anymore. It's where, and everybody's done this in different parts at different times in their life. You know, it talks about that, you you know, we train our conscience. You know, our conscience is something that when you do something bad, you should feel bad, you know, you feel bad about it. And that helps you to not do things you shouldn't be doing. You know, you feel pierced in your heart. But repeating behaviors get us to the place that we think it's not a big deal. We rationalize, we minimize. I did this about lying. I had gotten to the place where my heart, I didn't even notice I was lying. It was just so comfortable for me. And, you know, I didn't feel bad. I thought it was justified. I had made up a whole story about this. So this is like, in different ways, at different times in our life, this is how we can harden our heart. It says, um, anyway, and then indulging in every kind of impurity and a continual lust for more, that, that um, lust where you're wanting more and more and more all the time. Um, and then it says in verse 20, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught of him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so this is actually the key to which we're going to look at later. These are some of the keys, you, just as you can, rem- if you can remember, on how, to, on how to get delivered from spirit. So you can see putting off the old man and putting on the new. But in verse 25, it says, Therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbors, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And give and do not give the devil a foothold. These are all things that give the devil a foothold. You know what a foothold is? It's just sort of like you get your foot, he gets his foot in the door. You know, it's like you open the door, you give him a little room to, to get in there, and he sticks his foot in there, and then there's an opening. So, or, you know, another way to see foothold is like a foothold, like a, a place for him to get a step when you're climbing a mountain. There's different ways to look at the foothold thing. But basically, he's getting his foot in the door. You're giving him room to get his foot in there. So one of the things is that we want to be in a place that we don't give the devil a foothold. And so some of these things that we're hearing right here, actually, I'll read the rest of it, and then I'll go through the list because you'll see a lot of the things in this section are, are ways that you, people can open up to spirits. It says, he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands that he might have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as 
Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. So you'll see on the list that these are things that can open the door for spirits. Uh, include, and I put some other things that aren't in here, but you'll see them in other parts of the Bible. Uh, drug or alcohol abuse is an opening for spirits. The Bible calls drugs pharmakia in the Bible, and it says that they lead to witchcraft and bewitching, so they lead to people opening their mind to spirits. And so what happens is when people are intoxicated, you don't, if you know you don't have, when your mind is altered that way, it's hard to stand against letting things in. You know, it, it, um, you don't have as much control over what you allow to, ha to happen, and that's where people do crazy things and all kinds of things like that. It's not like that happens immediately that people get spirits, but these are things that lend themselves to that possibility. Another thing is dwelling on thoughts or feelings without getting help, and that we saw on the list that we just read, lying, rage, depression, envy, bitterness, resentment, revenge, pride, hatred, hard-heartedness, shame, greed, stealing, unhealthy relationship to money, lust, condemnation, fear, unforgiveness, slander, brawling, and malice. So you see a bunch of things that what happens is, and we're going to see it in the next sec section of scripture, because I think part of this is having not being so mystical about what spirits are and having a clear understanding of how Satan works, because we need to know that, that we're not ignorant of his devices. So what happens is you could focus on um, bitterness, you know, and just fester and fester in bitterness, you know, or resentments, you know, and, and have you ever seen that sometimes, like, we've all tasted that where we get to really dark places that's, that are kind of going, wow, how could I even go there? You know, it just gets dark. You know, maybe you have thoughts of beating somebody or, you know what I mean, like, or revenge or things like that where you just get so angry and dark and twisted. And, it sh and I, every person's experienced this. There's no, like, lovely person out there that's had no dark thoughts. You know, it's, it's the kind of things that, you're go that nobody really talks about because you're thinking I'm the only one. You know, there's something really sick and wrong with me that I would think these kind of crazy things. But it's because there is a devil... And he's the God of this age, and he's trying a whole lot to do anything he can to separate us from God. So when you are festering on those things and not getting help and not getting healing, you're not moving towards the light, you're, you're moving into being hidden, you're moving into more secrecy, more deceit, more lies, it opens the door for the devil to get in. So does that make sense? Does that kind of, can you get kind of the picture of how that could work? So in that way, you're inviting Satan in. You're preparing the way. You're making your home, and we're going to read the scripture, all nice and cozy for him to live. Oh, you like it this way? I'll give you a good place in my mind to live. I'm going to put out the doilies. I'll give, put little cookies out in, mentally, you know, in your mind. Like you're, you're making your mind a nice place for Satan to dwell where he'd feel real cozy. So we don't want to do that. Um... We want to close the door on our minds. And other, some of the other things that open your mind are addictions, isolation. You know, have you ever seen how crazy you get, like, when you don't invite people into your life and you start, and the fears start taking over and the self-talk and some really wacky things when you don't have relationship or designed to be in relationship? Another thing that opens people's minds to spirit is the occult, witchcraft, Ouija boards, psychics, tarot, medium, seances, sorcery, Satanism, etc., those are things that um, uh, also help make the room for Satan to dwell and live, or his spirits. Idolatry, worshiping other gods, um, 
and music, believe it or not. You know, the uh, Columbine killers, if you, if you look at, if you did the, watch the documentary on them as far as the music that they listen to, you can hear, if you start, if you really want to learn about this and be aware, ask God to show you, but you can actually listen to music that, that you're hearing spirits. You know, it's dark. It's, you know, it's just like you can hear the demons in the music. God says music is very powerful. It's so powerful that it can be meant for people to open their hearts for God or to do just, or to open their minds to spirits with the anger and the rage and all of those things that people feed on. And you can see the impact that music has. It's spiritual. Music is spiritual. The arts are spiritual. But there's a, there's a section in the Old Testament where King Saul gets a murder spirit and is going to kill David, and David's playing music got the spirit to leave. So you see how powerful music can be. Now, not all music is like God or Satan. It's not like that. Like, it's just there's some just beautiful music that's just beautiful music. But there are definitely spiritual elements that can be in music, and we don't want to be ignorant of that. Some people are even more susceptible than others where, you know, if you've got, if you're really fortified with God and some, and you happen to hear whatever, I forget the groups that the Columbine guys, if you've, you should hear those songs sometime. You see what I mean? But if you're like walking with God and walking in the spirit and you, you, you listen, you go on the website to hear because you're curious, a demon's not going to possess you over that. You know, it doesn't work that way. Like, oh, my God, if I hear five minutes of this, I'll be, get possessed. It doesn't work that way. So part of this, um, this is all conditioning as far as where we're at of whether we're opening the door and inviting them in or if we've got the door shut. I want to talk, too, as far as some of the things that can be caused by demons. They can also be caused by other things, but these are things that you can just be aware. If you're seeing some of these things, it's possible that there's demons present. And you would, in order to find out, though, you can't just go by what you're seeing. You need to ask God for revelation. So we don't want to be passing judgment and just saying, you've got a demon if, if you know, any of these things happen. Anything that's out of control behavior, if a person has no control over themselves in some way, shape, or form, there are many incidents of that. They have no control over their anger. They have no control over, their, over having sex. They have no control over, you know, uh, whatever. Just out of control behavior. Over their rage, over their violence. Uh, that, that could be an indicator of a spirit. Somebody that's hearing voices could be an indication of a spirit. Hallucinations where you're seeing things. An unnatural voice where their voice changes. And you see that where people are speaking and they're not speaking in a normal you know, human, God-given voice. Um, Self-destructive behaviors, self-mutilation, suicide, uh, supernatural human strength, but it could be given by God or Satan. Uh, Calloused conscience, meaning they can't feel, you know, sad or bad for things that that they're doing. Sexual perversity, pedophiles, incest, bestiality. I mean, have, have you wonder, like, how do people come to have sex with animals? You know, don't you think that's extreme? Do you know what I mean? I mean, seriously, like, doesn't, don't those things, don't you wonder, like, how is it possible for people to get that depraved that they think that that's normal? You know, that that's where they go. It's really sad. 
But you can also see that Satan just degrades people. You know, he just brings people to the most degraded place. Murder and other heinous crimes, the crimes that are committed sometimes that are so vile out there in the world, how do people get to that place that that is possible for them to do some of the things that they've done? When you read the newspaper, it's shocking, the darkness. A lot of that are, uh, are spirits. I actually, I'd probably hazard to guess that the majority are probably spirits. Some medical problems that can be caused by spirits. These are not all the time. Sometimes these are just physical. But the Bible documents that there are some times that seizures, blindness, deafness, mute, paralysis can be caused by spirits. Not 100%. There are plenty of people that's just a medical thing. But the Bible does speak about those. Phobias, overwhelming fears can be caused by spirits. Some of the things like, um, some, strangely, some of the things we talked about that cause spirits can also be symbolic that there's a spirit there because it kind of just goes to a higher, more intense level, like uh, lying, rage, depression. You know, like, lying can open the door to spirits, but if you see somebody that cannot control their lying, they just, it's, it's like they don't even know um, how to tell the truth about anything. They'll lie for no, no apparent reason. Sometimes that can be a spirit. Rage, depression, envy, bitterness, resentment, revenge, pride, hatred, hard-heartedness, shame. Those can be... Uh, things that can be caused by spirits as well as causing spirits. False prophecies, uh, reading the future, can be caused by spirits. Imitating the dead in seances where what happens is somebody that died possesses the medium. And so what happens is you wonder in those, how do they know, like the person sounds just like your grandma. They know what happened. They know the history of what happened with your grandma, all that. How is that possible? is Satan's been around for, you know, thousands and thousands of years, you know, or probably more millions maybe, but um, uh, we don't know how long ago that was, but, the, um, but they've been around, and so they've been around. They know what your grandma ate for breakfast. You know, so you go, and that's what happened to King Saul. He went to go try and go to the witch of Endor to bring Samuel back, and the witch just, you know, brought Samuel back from the dead. And what happens is the demon can imitate vocal cords, can speak from the life experience and everything. And it fools people into thinking that they're speaking to their dead relatives. Uh, things like false religion, idolatry, uh, pharisaical behavior, that's like being holier than thou kind of thing, are some of the things that can be caused by spirits. Spirits can occupy. They can possess places. You, can, you ever walk into a building and feel darkness? You get a chill. You get, we, found, we saw that when we, were, uh, we went to the, the temple of Diana, the Ephesians, and we walked in, and it was just like there were demons in there. Like it was just we really didn't want to stay in there very long. Um, we also saw them in a satanic cafe kind of where everybody in there were like had pentagrams. Um, they, they can occupy people, they can occupy animals, which you saw with Jesus with the pigs, and, uh, I, and objects. They can occupy statues or things like that that might have some kind of symbolic thing and, and have some power and darkness in objects sometimes. Uh, tarot cards, things like that. Um, 
So it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan is talks about as being the father of lies, the author of death. It says he came to steal, kill, and destroy. It says he controls and imprisons. It says he counterfeits what God does. So look for that because Satan is a huge counterfeiter. Anything God does, Satan imitates really closely. It's not an obvious counterfeit. If you were to, I wish I had brought something along. If I was going to try and hand this off as a $100 bill, who's going to believe me? Here, um, yeah, I, here's my, I want to pay now. Here's my money. Why wouldn't that work? Huh? Because you can tell it's a fake. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't look anything like a $100 bill. So counter, to counterfeit something, it should look very, very similar to the original. Satan is a great counterfeit, counterfeiter, so you're going to see things that look very much like what God does often, but just changes something. A lot of times it's like, what, what's the profit or the benefit of what, you know, where's the outcome? Is it blessing somebody? You know, what's the long-term profit? Um, oops, on the wrong side. The... He also uh, wants worship. He wants to be worshipped, but it can take him many years to plan something. He can, because it says that, the, that Satan is our adversary. He knows all of us in our weak spots. He's been around. You know, so he's really familiar with what each and every one of us, what are the things that most easily get us away from God, and he uses those things. But it can take him years. He's not always instant. He can be planting seeds in something to try and get you off track, and you don't even see it coming for a while. Even within history, even within cultures, you see where Satan has worked in different ways to get people separated from, from God. You see it all the time through the Old Testament, you know, where it took, um, you know, you just look at how Israel was imprisoned by Egypt because they stayed there too long, things like that. Um, He knows our weaknesses and exploits them. I guess I already did that. So we want to know that, he, that we want to be aware of that. He knows the Bible. He knows scripture. He uses pleasures or pressures to get you away from God. Either he'll pleasure you by enticing you with something that sounds more interesting and exciting than God, or he'll pressure you by putting so much on top of you that, you know, that you retreat that way. He perverts the ways of God, and he affects culture. So those are just some of the things that... Um, in an overview about how Satan works. Now, how to cast them out, what, what do you do about that? As I said before, it takes word of knowledge and word of wisdom. So you have to ask God if you should cast them out and how. There's not a one-size-fits-all with this. There's not like a formula where every person you, you know, you just walk up to them and just go, I'm going to cast out spirit. And also it says that, oh, you know what, I forgot that there was, I'm sorry, I needed, I needed to go back to Luke 11, I forgot that one. This is the one about cleaning out your house, um, the section that I wanted to, to read about that. Because that's important. To understand this section to, to, for what we're going to talk about as far as casting them out goes in Luke eleven fourteen. I kind of gave you the overview and described it, but I think it's great to hear the scripture on it. In verse 14, it says, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. And so there we see... Um, that this is a spirit that is causing someone to not be able to speak. Sometimes it's spiritually that people silence your voice. Maybe not literally where you don't speak, but sometimes there are spirits that cause you to shut up when you should be speaking up. 
You know, where Satan's squashing you having a voice in your life. It says, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. And then they said, some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? Woof. He, he, didn't, he, he just didn't let people get by with a bunch of garbage. Um, so then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And then it says, this is a great description, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. So think about this. Think it's, it's, it's a figure of speech where they're talking about your mind being a house. So a strong man guarding his house, if you're guarding your house, your possessions will be safe, it says. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils. So we see, for one, the key that you need to guard your house, you need armor, and if the one trying, if, you, if your armor can't stand up to the person attacking you, you're, you're done, you're toast. So we see all of those principles. It says, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. So if you cast out a spirit, it's going to go look for someplace else to live. That's what it's talking about. And then, then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Now, this is the person's mind that it's talking about. Like I said, the person we're talking about cleaned the house to welcome the spirit and not cleaned it like in a good way. Like cleaned, made it nice and roomy for the spirit to live, not cleaned up your mind. It says... Um, then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in to live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. So what Jesus is speaking about is that you, should, you don't go casting spirits out of somebody whose mind isn't going to be closed to, the, to that. That's why you could cast a spirit out, because the Bible says that in the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. So you could walk up to people and cast spirits out. You can go, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out. In the, you, you could walk up to people and do that. Spirit would have to leave. But if that person doesn't do anything to stand guard on their house and have arm, the armor of God instead of their own armor, if they're prepared their mind and made it all welcoming for the spirit, the spirit just brings seven more and it'll be worse. So it's why it's important that if you're operating discerning of spirits that you're hearing from God, that you're not just showing off and just trying to show that you've got power and, you know, oh, look at me, I'm casting spirits out. That's why it's crazy to me when I see these churches that are doing all this discerning, like casting spirits out, and they, I watched a video. These people go and get spirits cast out every week. That's ridiculous. It's not working. If you have to go back there every week and you're puking because spirits are in you, this is not working. What the hell, heck, oops. <laughs> what the heck kind of way to, is this to live? Really, like how, like, 
I, I saw a, a documentary, and it was just like these people, it was, a, it was a church that specializes in casting out spirits, and they come every week with spirits over and over again, and, and they're puking, and they got the spirits, and there's all these things, and they're falling all over the ground, and I was just going, this is not deliverance. This is imprisoned. So we, what it is is there's got to be a place where people are shutting the door, where they're taking on the armor of God to not let the spirits back in. That's why it's important to hear from God and not just be walking around casting every spirit out just because you want to and it seems cool. So, um, so I wanted to make sure that you, that you saw that before we get to the how to cast them out. So you have to ask God if you should and how you should. Now, how people keep spirits out, some of the ways that spirits can be cast out and also sometimes they actually leave just hearing the word of God. The introduction to light, light dispels darkness. When light is always more powerful than darkness, darkness, the gr- all the darkness in the world can't put out one little light. Light is that powerful. Think about it. There is not, think about this. If we were, we, you know, it's too light out to do that now, but it's just a cool, it's a cool thing to see visually when you're in a room that doesn't have windows and it's at night and you turn all the lights out and it's pitch black and you can't see anything and you light one little match, the whole darkness in this room couldn't put out that one match. Light is more powerful than darkness. Anytime there's light, the darkness has to go. It has to go. So what we want to do is turn on the light. We want things to be seen. We want to th- make thing, bring things out into the open. That's one of the reasons we want to have a church where it's okay to talk about hard things and there's no condemnation or shame, where you're not hiding things because that's where there's healing and that's where there's deliverance, where you feel safe and not shamed or condemned because light dispels darkness. And that's how you get healing. And there's many ways. It's Light is the light of God's word, the light of love, the light of truth, you know. So that's a big part in, just in the casting out of spirits, spirits leaving. Sometimes that's the way spirits leave. I've seen it over and over. At our retreats, I have seen many people, we, we've had people come with that were full of spirits that do sorceries and, and, and spells and everything else at our retreats and the spirits left people got saved and accept jesus as their lord and the spirits left i've watched it and i'm telling you i've seen people those same people i've seen it over and over where their faces look twisted and mangled and dark and full of hate and anger and jesus christ came in those spirits left and they looked healthy and whole and sane and peaceful light dispels darkness the power of god is greater than the power of satan than the evil one and that was just from hearing God's word taught. And, and also it was a combination of things. We, that, another thing of light, love can cast out spirits. The love of God can cast out spirits. The love of God is so powerful. I have stood in the face of people that wanted to kill me, and the love of God stopped that from happening. Light dispels darkness. Love is so powerful, nothing can come against it. Try love, you know, when somebody's hating on you. Powerful weapon. Truth, music, as, we, as I told you about in the Old Testament, what happened with David and Saul. Um, scripture, the armor of God, it talks about in Ephesians, which is all about 
the spiritual battle, we, we don't have time to read that section, but where it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but about against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness from on high, it says. And that it says that in order to combat that spiritual battle that we put on the whole armor of God, and it talks about putting on the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, you know, and all those things. So the breastplate of righteousness. So putting on the armor of God helps that too. Helps keep spirits out. All of this helps keep spirits out and can also cause spirits to leave. Prayer is a huge one in casting spirits out. Again, ask God what to do. Healing whatever caused the entrance of the demon, like therapy, can actually help spirits to leave. You're healing the wounds that opens things up to the spirit to begin with can help. These are just things that can contribute. These can help prepare your mind so that when the spirit leaves, it doesn't come back. You know, so, you can, so people can get ready to want the deliverance and want the healing. And then the last thing that I want to talk about in Philippians 2, if you can turn there, please, is the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Because sometimes, I know this has worked for many people. It's worked for me. Um, There is incredible power in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read this section. Philippians 2, in verse 10, it says, That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is nothing like the power of Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. That spirit's got to go. You walk in a place, you're in a house, you're, whatever happens and you come against a spirit in a place in particular, you tell that spirit to go in the name of Jesus Christ it has to go. No spirit can touch you. You have got the power of Jesus Christ. You can claim in the name of Jesus Christ, get out. You have no part of me. There is great, great power in that name. We had, um, it's interesting as far as the, the, this goes, we had an an incident where um, we were sharing faith and uh, during the ambassador training, me and Susan, and um, we went into this coffee place, and we're walking through the cafe, and I see as we're walking by, there's a table with a guy, and he stares at me, and I knew he had a demon. It was super dark. He looks at me, and he looked like, I know what you're here for. I mean, it was intense. It was super intense. I didn't see at the time when I walked by, he's sitting by, by at himself at a table way over here, and we walk way past over to this... Uh, bar <clears throat> there's like a bar area and then a table at the whole other end of the cafe so we sit down and we talk to a girl who's super excited about God we wound up talking about God it was unbelievable it was a great thing and we're getting into it and I'm talking and I'm sitting here and Susan's and the girl's here and Susan's in back of her and nobody could see except for me but the guy that was at the other end of the cafe for no apparent reason gets up walks all the way to the other end and sits right behind the girl that I'm speaking to and stares at me, and he's got a big old pentagram around his neck. He's staring at me. And I was just like looking at him, and I was just like, I was just like, I got Christ in me. You cannot back me off. 
You know, I was just like, you cannot scare me. He was, he was just trying to sit there and scare me, stare me down while I'm talking about Christ. I'm like, seriously, come on, dude. You walk all the way across the cafe to sit in back and stare at me the whole time that I'm sharing my faith with somebody. You know, but we got the power of God, guys. We cannot get back down by the, by the devil. The devil has no place when we call on the power of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to get you away from God. He wants to get others away from God. But God is in us. God and Christ is in us. And we have, it's way greater than the power of the, of the enemy and, and, and of Satan. We want to know this, guys. We want to know that there's a spiritual battle. We don't want to be ignorant. We want to be aware. We want to know that we don't have to let Satan walk all over us. God gave us Holy Spirit so that we could be aware of spiritual things and know that we have power in those situations. God wanted that for us. Amen. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I feel, I, I feel really thankful that we don't have to be afraid of Satan. Um, that he is the God of this age and does some horrible things and has hurt many people and have hurt each of us. He is an adversary, it says, that, that walks about, that, you know, that he's like a roaring lion, lion walking about, seeking who he may devour. And that he knows our weaknesses, but you are greater, God. You are greater, and you are for us. And we can stand against the devil. Help us to not be ignorant. Help us to see, to have eyes to see and to ask you for wisdom and revelation that we can walk in the power of your spirit that you've given us, the Holy Spirit, that we can walk and operate all nine manifestations, all nine, all the time. I thank you, Lord, just for wherever we are in our spiritual walk, that we can step out more in walking in the spirit and knowing that we are children of yours and that we have power, that we're not weak, wimpy Christians, that we are empowered because of you and because of you, Lord Jesus. I feel thankful. Uh, in, the, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.